Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Lone is like an old Alsatian, isn't he? He's patrolling, he's eyeing up things. I'd say the linesmen are going, please don't make eye contact, please don't make eye contact. <laughs> but, and, and that's what you love. That's Brian Lone, the absolute warrior. And he was the same when he was playing. You know, you could hear him breathing behind you. He mightn't say a whole lot, but if he was on your shoulder breathing, you'd be like, oh, good nice, what's going to happen? You know, he's that. He's just an absolute war dog. And I think, like you said, if you're a player, that's the manager you want to play for. Oh, Jesus, Eddie. Jeez, like some of these, some of these clear players weren't even born when Lone was playing. Like, Jesus, I mean, to have Brian Lone, you could be American Frank Lone and then you'd have to go past Brian Lone. Oh, Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Troy and Hurling Show with me, Michael Verney. And this week I'm also joined by Eddie Brennan and John Milan to look ahead to another mouthwatering weekend of hurling action with two bumper All-Ireland semi-final games. John, I'll throw it over to you first. The meeting of Limerick uh, and Galway a cracking game in last year's All-Ireland semi-final. Are you expecting a cracker again this weekend? Over the course of the two games, I'm expecting a, a two, two tight affairs. Uh, Galway and Limerick, I suppose, off the, off the back of last year. I kind of watched a rerun of it there last week. And I'm fully expecting that this game is, is going to go down to the wire as well. I think we're going to go right down to the 72nd, 70, 73rd minute. It'll be very interesting, the approach by both management teams. You know, what way will Henry approach it? What way will John Kiley approach it? I.e., you know, what will Paul Mannion's role be uh, Saturday evening? You know, we touched on it the last day. You know, will he be effective in a sweeper role back behind his half-back line? Or will, will Henry potentially throw him back up around, you know, that number eleven spot, you know, and test the water with 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 that Limerick uh, backline without 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 Declan Hannon. We seen last year, Carl Mannion, he kind of floated in that kind of free role. You know, he some some passages of play, he was he was back in the half backline. Some passages of play, he went too far back, and that's where Limerick got a lot of joy last year. And then when he pushed up, went into midfield, kind of floated around midfield. Uh, kind of floated off that number eleven spot. He he picked them off for for three or four points. So again, what way are are, are Kinnerk and Kylie going to approach Carl Mannion? You know, as we've seen before, we've touched on it. You know, they don't kind of really kind of detail a man to go and and, and pick up um, and do a man marking job as we've seen with Tony Kelly in the in, in the past. I think Connor Whelan is going to be crucial for for Galway. I think, you know, last year Limerick kind of curtailed his, his effect, nullified his effect as, as best as they could. I think Galway needed a big performance from, from him. And I think, you know, then they've got to get their, 
their matchups right. You know, last year, Finton Burke, you know, did a great job on, on Garrod Hegarty. Will Finton Burke start or, or will, will Henry still go with the same half background of, you know, Horik Mannion, Dottie Burke uh, and, and Joseph Coney? You're probably potentially seeing then that Joseph Coney will probably pick up Garrod Hegarty and Horik Mannion will probably go over on Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Morrissey. But in saying that, Joseph Cooney done a great job on, on Tom Morrissey last year. And I suppose the big one then is who's going to pick up Aaron Galan? Uh, you know, will Garrod McInerney pick him up? For me, I think Jack Grealish will be will be the boy who'll go toe to toe him. I think Henry will go and have to trust in, in Jack Grealish. I think he's the best man to go toe to toe with uh, with uh, Aaron Galan. And I think if someone like Peter Casey starts, I think you'll see Darren Morrissey will probably follow him out the field and then the likelihood is that Garrod McInerney will pick up Seamus Flanagan. Limerick on the other hand, you know, who's going to fill that number six spot? That's that's the big the big question mark. You know, could Limerick throw a curveball? Could they throw Garrod Hegarty, someone like Garrod Hegarty back there? Um, you know, the likelihood is that, you know, or will they will they go with the safest option and have uh, put, put uh, Dan Morrissey in there? But then again, if, if Dan Morrissey goes in there, who then picks up Connor Whelan? Will Mike Casey pick him, pick him up? Or will they feel that Dan Morrissey is best equipped to go and take down Connor Whelan? I suppose those are all the question marks. Where's Keane Lynch at? Will Keane Lynch uh, play this match? I think we could see Keane Lynch. A lot will depend on how he's going in the last, the last couple of weeks and probably those A versus B games. But I think probably... Coming to the end of the Munster Championship, I think Kylie and Kinnock probably had it in mind that, look, we're going to be in a semi-final. We need Keen Lynch for a semi-final and final to achieve this four in a row. So, who knows? We potentially could see Keen Lynch the weekend. So, look, those are all the the, the, the big question marks out at the moment. Another one is is the, the impact off the bench. We're here now, Jason Flynn. He's injured. I think he's going to be a bit of a loss for... Uh, for uh, for Galway, even as an impact sub, will they start Thomas Monahan? I would start Thomas Monahan. He was brilliant the last day, scored three points. He was brilliant the last year's All Ireland semi final. I will be starting him from a Limerick point of view. Will they start David Reedy? Uh, he he was excellent again when he came on against Limerick against Galway last year. He was excellent in the Munster final. Um, so yeah, I think there's big pros and cons there for for both management teams to to uh, to be thinking over over the next couple of days. There's so many different uh, question marks and different talking points there, Eddie, that John has brought up. Just the, the one on the Limerick number six. Um, all sorts of different talk of potentially that Garrod Hegarty played there for a half in a challenge game, that David Reedy played there for a half in a challenge game, that Darrow Donovan, who plays there with Dune, could slip back there. To me, I think it's cut and dry and they'll put, they'll put Dan Morrissey six because I think Kylie and Kinnerk like to know what they have and don't like to move too many yeah. different things around. What, what's your own thoughts on that? Yeah, I I think that seems to be the most secure, safe pair of hands. Um, <clears throat> I think the one thing you don't want to do, and I suppose this, uh, I'm all for maybe throwing a curveball, but I think throwing a curveball at such a pivotal position is probably wouldn't be their style. I think it would be a huge break from what they've normally done. I think Morrissey has slotted in there before and has been a safe pair of hands, and the system minds the you know with the with the the two Ds in front of him. Um, there was also a little rumour, and again, I presume it's only that, that Keane Lynch might well appear at centre-back. Now, I, that would be, I think, 
seismic. I, I, I really don't put huge credit into that, but I'd be shocked if we saw that because it would be a massive change from what they do. So um, it's a key position and it's one there, like as John said, what do you do with Mannion? Because we saw early doors last year with Mannion, how Limerick adjusted in situ. They went over him a couple of times because he didn't, you know, it's so precise now when you're playing against Limerick, you either sit as an out-and-out four on that flank in front of Gillan and let, you know, the other defender say, listen, you go attack Everton out to the right. I'm just going to sit here and occupy the space. Limerick were actually able to go over Cahill Mannion early. And then when he did sit in and tuck in a little bit better, what did they do? They start bringing ball up out of the full back line. Mike Casey ended up going out to the wing and carrying a few balls up and setting up attacks. So Limerick are probably the smartest uh, in-game awareness team that there is because if you play a certain way, they'll, they'll, they'll play, a, they'll adjust. And you know, the example with Clare is Ankle Kenny. They pushed right up and what that left was a ferocious pocket of space in front of Galan. Then we saw it for the goal against Clare in the Munster final. We saw it for the goal against Kilkenny in the league final. So Limerick, I suppose the question is overall, as a unit, are they going to be re-energised? Are they going to be fresh? And you'd imagine if you're looking at lads and motivation, I think there's loads of this in both games, but for Hegarty last year, and Hegarty is a Crow Park player, he got polished last year in the All-Ireland semi-final. I'd imagine he's the kind of lad that would love that type of challenge. And Conor Cooney is arguably one of Galway's best players, or Joseph Cooney is one of their best players at the moment this season. So is he tailor-made for him? Will he follow him? Um, it'll be interesting to see. But you'd imagine now that at this stage, Hegarty has been average at best during the Munster campaign, taken off a few times. You'd imagine now surely on the law of averages he's going to come alive a little bit he's going to have some kind of an impact but uh, I'll be pleasantly surprised if it's anyone other than Dan Morrissey at centre-back I think you have maybe got Richie English then into the corner um, you know so that's what, it's, that's what it appears to be but um, I don't see him throwing in someone like Cockland I couldn't see him starting a novice like that I know he has got a nice bit of game time over the years I don't see him I think that would be if you saw Cockland arriving in for me anyway I think if Colin Coughlin, and he's a good chap, he's a really good player, big physical fella, I think if he's in there at six or seven, I think you're going after him. Yeah, well, that would have been the Kilkenny tactic down through the year anyway. To go, Brian always went after the most inexperienced defender and I'd say Henry would be the same if that opportunity arose. Eddie, I'll just throw it back to you again about Limerick quickly. What's your sense on Limerick? Are they barely hanging on or, or, and waiting to be knocked out? Or do you think that there's this four weeks is going to be huge and that they'll be totally re-energised, maybe a week off. Like these boys are two wins, about 150 minutes away from four in a row. Don't tell me that they're not going to be full of energy on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, they will. You'd expect that, Michael. And I, and I think even myself, I'm looking at it and I'm asking the question, what can Galway do that's going to really throw a, a serious curveball at this Limerick outfit? You know, I think they've, they've had the, they've come through the war and now they're they're standing on the brink, like so. I think they're they're battle hardened and all that, and I think they're able to adjust very quickly in situ. I suppose the question is, and I'm asking myself, I'm trying to make a case for how can Galway go at them. I'm not, you know, I, I don't. I think the evidence isn't there when you look at the way they've played. But it depends. Probably Limerick's motivation is everything, and and I kind of we've experienced this ourselves in that all it takes is to drop back two three percent. 
And if the opposition come with real energy, it's very hard to, if they get on top of you, it's very hard to, to overcome that. But I think Galway are probably short a player or two, particularly up the field in the forward division, to, to really go at them because they need to ask questions of them. Um, they need to, to know, to, to, to probably wrap in a goal or two at strategic times. And that's easier said than done. It's very hard to put that into a game plan. So I don't know what, like the Galway, I think their spirit is brilliant. I think that's really reflective of what Henry has brought to them. But I don't, I don't know what tactics they can do that's going to rattle Limerick. I just think surely Kylie and Kinnerk would have said to them, and even the players as a group, right boys, here we are. We're on the brink now. They've had a chance to freshen up. They've had a chance to get the injuries out of the system and probably get a couple of decent internal matches. So the reality is, I think the question mark is on these Limerick lads, have they just that little bit of hunger to go another step or two? And, you know, if they're not, there's, there's a good chance, you know, that, that, that Galway, if they come with the energy and can get the breaks, but I don't see it. I, I, I can't see it happening. I, I, I think if, if Limerick find the groove at all, I could see them winning this by five or six points. What's your sense, John, on Limerick at the, at the moment? Uh, I know you said last year that you were taught, you thought they were maybe the other side of the mountain. Um, where do you think they are going into the weekend? Yeah, well, I, I, I said that the other side of the mountain, but like, like, like that great team that Eddie, Eddie played on, they're probably on the other side of the mountain, but they're still good enough to, uh, to, to, to win, to win all earnings. And I suppose, look, from, from a Limerick point of view, Hard to believe that they're on the brink. You know, you when you when you really break it down, 140, well, 145 minutes away from down, you know, immortal, immortality, four in a row. And what's doing them? It's it's very very low key. Like you know, in contrast to that great team that 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 Eddie Eddie played on. You know, just seemed to be just you know noise coming out of everywhere. You know, and it wasn't was noise coming out of the Kilkenny camp, but there was noise that surrounded that great Kilkenny team and I think that's going to suit this Limerick team down to the ground I think the four weeks as Eddie touched I think it's it's perfect you know when we we used to win a Munster Championship you know you could be waiting six weeks six weeks is too much I think for Limerick the four weeks is is perfect I think you know when they were probably most probably vulnerable probably would have been probably in the Munster final you know where they're playing week on week you know you know after getting, you know, everything thrown at them by the opposition, that they go out the following week, the same again. They might have a week break and, you know, another top-class team will come back and they'll throw everything at them again. They've had time now to, uh, you know, kind of freshen up because it was a taxing, a very taxing campaign for, for Limerick in, the, in that Munster Championship. And look, they've been there before. They know the schedule, you know, Kylie touched on it before. You know, they would have known what was coming. They've been down this road before, you know. So I think the four weeks would have been perfect. And I fully expect that. They're going to be re-energised. The only thing I would give in Galway's favour, when you're down the likes of Sean Finn, you're down the likes of Declan Hannon, we don't know where Keane Lynch is at. You know, they are big, big guys. You know, they are three three big leaders. But I think the big one for, for Limerick, I think if, if, Lynch, if Lynch gets back to, you know, 70, 80 percent of himself, and he takes part the weekend, or if he even starts the weekend. I think, I think it's 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 going to be a it's going to be a big big ask for for Galway to to, to overcome Limerick. You know, Eddie, is there any sense of comparison between Limerick twenty twenty three and 
Kilkenny 2010 when you were there yourselves when Henry picked up a cruciate in the semi-final. John Tennyson had something similar. Brian Hogan broke a finger, I think, in the run-up to the All-Ireland final. Big players missing, like, and just the, the, the door is... Like the door is ever so slightly ajar. It's just a matter of whether Galway can bring that fire, bring that thunder, and bring something different on Saturday. Limerick are probably going to have to be a bit off it as well. But is there is there any sense of comparison there between the two with you? Actually, there is. Look, there's always going to be comparisons. I think that happens all down through history. I think you'll always have that. Um, but yeah, look, I can relate to, I suppose, the, the different challenges that are thrown at you along the way. Um, you know, John talked about there, look, the distractions and the different things. Um, you know, for me, you know, there was obviously the the whole episode with, with Henry and John Tennyson and the Cruciates. But it's probably ultimately just a test of how strong the group is. And I think there's certain players, look, you, can, you can't do without. And I do think that that's massive for Hannon not to be taken to the pitch if he doesn't take to the pitch on Sunday or on Saturday evening. I think that's a massive thing because... Yeah, he left the field in 2019 and they were clipped. But in knockout championship matches, he's been ever-present along with Finn. So I think them little things are going to test the rest of the group and how good they are. And, and you can say, look, this is opportunities for other fellas. But like, is, is, is someone still going to bring the quality that Declan Hannan brings? So um, it's how lads, it's a hard thing to do because it's the talk of everywhere. So if you're, oh, Keane is not going well and geez, Hego is not going great that can just get into the mindset just a little bit. So it's it's how you manage that. And, and and that's where probably the likes of, I think even, and Limerick are strong on this, is the likes of Caroline Curran, and I haven't spoken about her too much because you're, we, we focus on the pitch, but it's even how she can kind of keep on top of the lads that are going to get the opportunities and how they're going to react and contribute to the group. Because, you know, Brian would have always said to us, you know, it's kind of next man up, like our panel is strong enough to deal with this. But, you know, there's obviously, you know, someone of Shefflin's type ability and how central they are to the game and Brian Hogan as well. Like, they're, they're two fellas out of your spine, you're, you're 6 and 11. So that can have an impact on the rest of the group. But I think this Limerick team are good at blending. Like, they, they seem to be able to, because of the way they play, they're playing all over the place. So I think they're able to manage that a little bit more. But on the noise side of it, I think, I thought this year, I thought would really crank up I'm amazed at how quiet it is and all the build-ups. Like you'd never think it was all in the semi-finals on this weekend. It's it's mental. I was around Kilkenny yesterday and the place was dead. You know, so you're, do you know what I mean? Normally there's a home of championship yeah. and I don't know whether it's doing with the lack of media engagement but or the time of year, I don't know. But uh, it's it's probably suits Limerick down to the ground because as you get close to the end of the summer, that's when the hype and, and our, you know, the traditional All-Ireland final was on. Just before I get a prediction from the two of you on this game, boys, John, are we missing a trick here a bit with no with a very you know no manager interviews the week of the game, no player interviews the week of the game? Like to me, one of the duties of anybody involved in inter county game is to promote the game, not just the game that they're playing at the weekend, but to promote the games in general. Are we missing a bit of a of a trick here? Like I'm, you know, myself and. Column Keys and Dunica Boyle and the rest of the boys independent and all the journalists were coming up with ideas for articles and different bits and pieces and talking points. But are we missing a trick here not having a, you know, not having a, a Connor Fogarty or a Richie Hogan or a TJ Reid or a Derek Ling and you're not having them out there the week of a match? Like players and managed players in particular are not visible nowadays given the helmets and they're not that recognizable. Are we missing a trick here with regards to the promotion of the games? Yeah, 100%. But I, I think there probably should be an obligation there that they have yeah, to go. Absolutely. You know, you know, we're coming into this this stage of the championship. 
i.e. your quarter-final, your, your semi-final, your final. I mean, we're trying to, as you touched on it there, Vernie, we're, we're trying to promote the game as much as we can. And, you know, players need to be putting themselves out there as well. As you just touched on there, you know, in the world where we're living in today now where, where players are wearing helmets, where they're unrecognisable compared to when, when myself and Eddie played, you know, well, Eddie wore the helmet, but some of the lads... I played, and we we never we never wore the helmet, so we were kind of recognisable. And I think that's that key, that that's that's key for the championship, and I think that adds to the championship. You know, there's you know, and I don't think there's anything there's anything wrong with it. Right, some players, you know, aren't into it at all. You know, saying right, it's it's just not for me. But I think if 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 some players and and managers are comfortable putting themselves out there and saying, you know what, I don't think it'll do do, do me any harm. Uh, having an interview the, the week of the match or, you know, if, if they want to give a bit of self-promotion even to their job or, or where they're from, whatever community they're from or whatever club they're from. And I think I think that that is that is key. And it's it's disappointing that, you know, we aren't seeing any of that the last couple of years. And I think going forward, I think that that needs to change. And I think possibly club power need to step in and say, well, now, hold on a minute. When we get to a quarter final, when we get to a semi final, final, two two players of of each team and the manager have to go out and, and give in, interviews. And if they don't want to say, if they want to say yes, no, or whatever yeah. they want to say, that's fine. But at least there has to be an obligation that they have to go and do that. Yeah, it's, it's all earned in semi finals. I'd imagine sponsors are jumping up and down. Yeah. Like it's not good enough. Like you want to big up your game, you want to promote it to the best of its ability. It's it's it was designed. I suppose the double Saturday Sunday fixtures was designed for that very thing to have a hurling weekend kind of. And without the managers and the players talking, I think that's definitely missing a trick. It's not. It's it. I think as a player, you kind of enjoyed that little bit of hype that was coming with. It helped you get you ready as well. I think if you were comfortable doing that. I well, you look at you, you. You even go back and you look at you look at all the other sports like you know rugby. You know even when say, you know, the World Cup, leading up to the World Cup, you know, you have the build-up where players are comfortable, you know, doing an interview, even for, if it's, if it's, if it's RT, where, where, say, some of RT goes out and interviews, interviews a player. And I think that adds to it, you know, we all love the pre-match build-up uh, to a game. And that gets, that gets people excited, that gets the supporters excited. And, and as I touched on, it adds to the whole thing going forward. Yeah, yeah. My issue with it is like, like we're not. They're not going to tell you whether they're playing a sweeper or who's going to mark who or anything yeah. like that. That's not. The, but I, I want to know more about what makes TJ Reid tick. How he keeps in such good shape. How he's still hurling so well at thirty five. You want to know more about the players underneath the helmet or underneath the jersey. That's just uh, my kind of point on it. But um, final call, Eddie on Galway and Limerick. Who's your winner and by how much? I, I said it earlier. I just I think it's going to be Limerick. I think that they have to find their mojo at some stage, and I think what a stage it is to do it. Um, so for me, I think they'll get home, and I think they could get home by five or six. I you know I just I do. I fancy them to come alive. I fancy them to come with something big. John, I think the two the two key players for goal I touched on it are going to be are going to be Carl Mannion and Connor Whelan. If the two of them can get, can get into the flow of the game early doors. Stay in it. I'd give Galway a great chance of going down the home street. Like if 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 Galway can bring it down to squeaky bum time, you know, there's probably going to come a time where you know, can Limerick keep getting over the line? I think you know, how many games over the course of the last 
three to four years, have they won the one, two-point games? So from a goalie, Henry Shepherd point of view, I think they'll be eager to get Limerick down the home street and ask those questions and, and with the hope of, of getting over the line. But I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I think they, they, they can do that. I think it'll be tight. I think they can. They, they can. But I just, I'm just looking at that between five and 12. Limerick are still the best team out there in that, that area of the field, albeit they're going to be missing Declan Hannon. And I see them winning this game by three or four points. So that's two votes for Limerick. Um, who will meet them then? Who will meet them in the All-Ireland Final Sundays? Uh, another repeat of last year's semi-final, which Kilkenny won by 226 to 20 points. Um, are Clare primed for a bit of redemption, Eddie? Yeah, I always think that seemingly under Brian Lohan, they seem to need a bit of a cause. You'd imagine they're going to come with some fire and, and thunder, as you'd always say. You'd imagine they're going to come with a bit of thunder on Sunday. Ah, yeah, you would. Like, I mean, if you look at... For the team that has ran Limerick closest over the last couple of seasons, they still don't have, you know, the the bit of silverware. You know, they, they need that to, to, to make it what it is. Because if they don't get over the line on Sunday, you know, they're no further advanced than they were this time last year. And that'd be disappointing for them as a group. Um, you know, when you look at it, like the 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 Earls of Thomans have been the Limerick boys, like, you know, they have they have for the last couple of seasons and, and Clare have had a couple of good shots at them they've, they've had great battles but ultimately the treaty boys still have the, the bragging rights so until Clare right that wrong and, and they have a perfect opportunity and motivation and, and I often I suppose it's not, it's not being cute or it's not being coy I, I'd often really play down not play down but you know I'd never big them up but we, we just don't do that so I kind of always look at making the case for the opposition and, and, and that's the way we were conditioned. We say, well, if they were motivated, that's what we have to meet. So I think if Kilkenny are looking at Limerick and what I see with Limerick is, or with Clare, God, if they're hurting and if they're not hungry, nobody is. You know, I, I think this is massive for them. They have to get over the line. You know, will Mikey Butler, if he's detailed to follow TK, you know, you'd imagine Tony Kelly is going, oh, I have a great chance now. You'd imagine he's snarling the teeth this week as a whole for, for Clare. This is redemption time. They have to go to war on Sunday. They have to bring it early. And what they can't, they, they know what they're going to meet with Kilkenny. And, and Kilkenny have probably had the measure of this Clare team in the last couple of seasons. So Brian Lowen will know what he's going to be up against. And he'll know, you know, I'm sure they probably looked at that match last year. And I'd say, you know, if I'm a player, in that scenario, I'm loving this. This is a great opportunity for these Clare boys. So, um, and, and, you know, if, if Adrian, the talk is that Adrian Mullen, and again, it's quite enough, I've heard nothing concrete, but if Adrian Mullen is right from that injury, he's some, he's some boy because he got an awful thumb injury. We heard initially his season was over. There's been very little talk. And I think if he takes to the pitch, it'll be some achievements. But I think, you know, we saw it last day, they managed without him. But I do think on this day, you're going to need someone like him. I think we need all the artillery we have because Clare will be met. I think there'll be a bit of madness in Clare too. I think Lohan, the player, brought that tapered with Hurling. Um, but I do think Clare have to really get aggressive on Sunday. I think they have to go out and really, you know, you take the Munster final last year, the way Clare approached that, it was just absolute war. And I think that's where Clare, for me, probably played her better hurling. 
when they're bringing the fight. So that's what they have to bring because despite the fact that we may not have the quality in that Kilkenny team at the moment and they're still just some boys to dig in and that's what they are facing on Sunday. And Kilkenny have a massive, massive record in all Ireland semi-finals. John, uh, Eddie mentioned Tony Kelly there. You would imagine that he feels like he has a bit of a point to prove. How do you see, like, I think the world and his mother thinks that Mikey Butler is going to pick up uh, Tony Kelly on, on Sunday. How, like, if you were just, you're, you're, you're both obviously inside corner forwards who lads probably went at various stages throughout your careers to try and nullify and take you out of the game. If you were in Tony Kelly's position now, what way would you be approaching Sunday to make sure that you know, you have an impact on the game. I think last year was his first game in 33 championship games for Clare. They didn't score from play. Like, what would what would your frame of mind be if you were Tony Kelly going in Sunday? Well, my frame of mind, if I was Tony Kelly, and, and Eddie, Eddie will touch on it too, Eddie, Eddie played corner four as well. When you have a sticky, tight marker on you, right? Number one, Tony Kelly didn't know what was coming last year, right? So Tony Kelly played in the Munster final last year where he wasn't being picked up. He was allowed to have the freedom of Torres last year in the Munster final. He was, you know, shooting the lights out. He got a small bit of it in the, in the quarter final against, I think it was Damien Rick, you know, picked him up. So he got a small bit of a taste of it. But he didn't know what was coming last year with, uh, with Mikey Butler. Now, two, the one thing in his favour this year he knows what's coming, so he can pre-plan for what's coming coming down 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 the line. Now we were even touching on last year, like you know, even crazy things like should 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 Brian Lowe have put Tony Kelly centre back and see where what Kilkenny were going to do. So in in regards, you know, you might think I'm nuts in saying that. Where you say <clears throat> right, Tony Kelly could go number six. You still have. Uh, you still have McInerney and Ryan either side of You still have McInerney and Ryan. And the probably biggest question marks for Clare at the moment is their full back line, their aerial ability in the full back line. But could Brian Lone say, right, well, let's see how Mikey Butler gets on at number 11. If, if he wants to follow you, we'll start you centre back. We'll, <laughs> well, he bagged we'll, the goal the last day. <laughs> well, yeah, well, exactly, I'm, yeah. He's got one one in the championship this year. Oh, well, I, 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 I think Chad is right. You know, yeah, yeah. But 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 let let's 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 play the game, it, lads. Hurling nowadays, and even I'm involved with Camogie, it's like a big fucking game of chess. It's like a game of chess where you move you move you move around and you open up space. So for what Clare don't want, what Clare don't want to do is, is give off the amount of space that they gave off in the months of final because yeah. they'll be killed. And what you could allow then is that I'm just thinking of Ryan Brian Lowen. You could allow John Conlon then to sit back because have that little aerial ability. And play in front of the full back line. Now that's one. Then it, the other, the other one, the other one could be right where I was corner four, Eddie was corner four, but where you're saying to yourself, right? He, he can pre-plan with other players, and and I say that pre-plan like like I played alongside Dan Shannon, right? And Dan, I, I used to myself and Dan used to we used to have a great understanding, it's kind of telepathic understanding amongst the tools. And it was not to do with Justin McCarty in regards to movement. And I think I think with Liam Sheen touched on it la- last last year. I was watching back was the, the Limerick and Gallagher. And he said a big part of coaching nowadays is movement. Right. So Tony Kelly can now pre-plan movement up top where he can say, right, lads, I'm gonna another if he does if they don't go, if he doesn't go back the field, he can now say to them that, right, I'm gonna open up space for the other forwards. So 
what I used to do was Shanahan. Shanahan mm. would, big, big Dan would give me the wink. And the wink would mean, right, you, you slip off out there, bring the corner, corner back with you. You'd open up all the space. He'd drift in. And he got a lot of joy out. The other one then I would have, I, I'd give Dan the nod of the head. So Dan, that, that, that would mean I, I, I would slip out. So we had, t- we had two little kind of, you know, the, the nod of the head and, and the wink of the eye. And Tony Kelly can, can say to the likes of a, a David Fitzgerald, he could say to the likes of a Mark Rogers, he'd say, right, I'm going to give you a signal, going to give you two signals throughout the game. When I give you those two signals, I'm going to open up a big area of green grass where you can run into. That's, that's, that's the other one. Or the other, the third one then, is he could say to himself, well, then, you know what? This is going to, this has to mean eating me alive the last 12 months. People saying, oh, Jesus, Mikey Butler ha- ha- has your number. And what he can't, what he can't get into his head and, and burden himself with it going into this match is, oh, geez, if, if Mikey Butler starts getting the best of me, and, you know, oh, geez, what are going to, people are going to be thinking, Mikey Butler, you know, I'm going to have that tarnished for the rest of my life, Marky Butler, you, you never could get the better of Mikey Butler. What I would say in that situation is, right, 73, 74 minutes is, is an awful long time. Now, what we're hearing is that he carried a bit of an injury last year. And you go back to that game last year, he was making runs and he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't giving the ball. Now, he had the fallback of hitting the freeze last year. He doesn't have the fallback of hitting the freeze this year. Now, what he's probably got to say to himself, I might only have seven, eight, possibly nine possessions in the game in contrast to the other games where it could be on the ball 15, 16 times. What he's got to say to himself then, like, Nicky Cashin was our selector and he was brilliant for me and you say, right, you might be on a ball, but you will get a five, ten minute period where you could win us a match and you could, could deal with the damage. And I think that's the kind of the other area where Tony Kelly's got a home in and saying, well, look, Mikey Butler, he might shut me down for 40, 45 minutes, but I'll get, he's too good of a player, I'll get my five, ten minute period and I could win the, win the game for Clare and that could be, that could be I, the difference. Yeah, that I think that's on, on, on Sunday. Yeah, and I agree. I, I think what you need to do, though, and even last year you say, and it's a bit like the time that Jackie followed Lar in 11, like, and he's going all around the pitch and he's moving. And Tony Kelly's game is probably not clear, don't look for him necessarily. He goes and hunts the ball. They look for other lads and he comes off the shoulders where he's brilliant, where he's looking very disinterested. And then he comes alive coming from deep. I think that's probably the key to it. But equally then, if, if you turn around and say, like the, the Jackie and Lar, what if you decide then, right, lads, this is not working. He's tagging him wherever he goes. Dump him in full forward and move the other lads out the field. And now Mikey Butler or whoever it is has to kind of focus on the ball a little bit more. They have, they're playing a different dynamic now. So it's, can they do something like that? Is, is me, you know, in hindsight, it's a great thing. But like you're saying, like, if you have a lad moving around and you have his number, because it's easier, I think it's easier to track someone like that. The key to it is, can, you touched on, can the others make hay on the back of the space he's going to create? If he decides to hay, let's go off out the fields and pull the, leave the Kilkenny lad short of defender. So the, there's a number of different ways that can go. But I think the thing with Claire is they don't necessarily look for Tony Kelly with possession. They don't necessarily look for him. I think it's that the other lads get it and then they're looking for him to come hunting for the ball. I think that's where he's really, really dangerous. But can you imagine even too, just for even 10 or 15 minutes, if Tony Kelly was to go in and start on the square, stand inside in the small square, Galan-esque, and move out the other lads out of the way, 
suddenly now Kilkenny have a little bit of a headache to deal with. Well, they do because the land, Kilkenny, Kilkenny don't want you Lawler leaving the edge of it, leaving the edge of the square. And look, I've I've watched Mikey Butler look as you would you watch all the, the touch tight corner backs, and I think where where players have got an awful lot of joy off of Mikey Butler is that it's actually what you touched on anywhere. They just they just stay in around the full four line, and it's just one break of the ball, and and you're under. I think probably Mikey Butler is kind of more at home where you know if you're floating out around the half four line midfield. I think he's more at home there, and he can he can he can break forward, and he just just follows you ever. So you're 100 percent right, and those are the kind of subplots when you break him down. That you know, you have one, two, or three that 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 you could fall back on. And look, Brian Lowen, it goes back to it. They can pre-plan for it. They could pre-plan for the last year, and they don't. They're not the one beautiful thing about Clare going into this weekend. They're not over reliant on, on on Tony Kelly. You go back to the game against Tipperary. You know, Carl uh, Barrett tagged him and kind of, you know, really nullified his 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 effect on that match in, in the first game in the Monster Championship. And Clare still, Clare still scored about three three twenty three. So they still have their Rogers, they still have their Aidan McCarthy's, they still have their Peter Duggins, they still have their Davis Shells, the Shane O'Donnell's. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Taylor Bomb Ford. So they can quite easily still put up a, a, a two twenty or a two twenty one on on the, on the board, even without. Tony Kelly's influence yeah. on the match. It's the banners to lose now, you know. Eddie, from a Kilkenny point of view, I, like I, I don't know, I'd be amazed if there's not a bit of aerial, aerial bombardment into the full forward line. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if TJ was stationed at 14, just given probably the inexperience of the Clare full back line with Adam Hogan, Rory Hayes and probably Shane Mori. Not the biggest of men either. Is that something you'll be expecting? Maybe a bit of an overload. Maybe Walter could even start in there, but are you expecting them to really go after that inside line? Yeah, well, they'll always, like, th- th- that's always a kind of a go-to with Kenny anyway. They'll, they'll generally... You know, I think there's obviously a bit more precision and a bit more uh, heads up hurling with the distribution and stuff like that with with what, you know, this year you can see there is definitely a little bit more heads up. But at the same time, it's 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 one place that they're they're quite comfortable with. I heard Owen Cody talking about it a couple of weeks ago. He said sometimes forwards. And and as, a, a, you know, playing, you just loved the fast ball. It was more that the ball, because if, if the flight of the ball comes in, like it's not just uh, big bombs landing in where defenders can set their feet and get in their position right. But if that ball is coming crisscrossing, sometimes if depending on the trajectory of the ball or how it's hit, if a defender gets wrong-footed, you know, and, and he catches them, we seen maybe Gillan a few times last year against Tip, those two goals down in Limerick, like where, you know, Barrett got wrong-footed. I think that's a kind of a position that TJ Reid will love. He will love potentially... And I'd, I've spoken about this for the last couple of years where I'd love to see TJ. You think of that 14, 14 final against him. He'd done a lot of harm on James Barry, staying out to James Barry's right and drifting in, using his hurl hand, which is what, you know, TJ has the hand. But obviously then he's going to have to go out the field because he is the main breadwinner in terms of puckouts out the field as well. So it's how can he mix that up? I won't be at all surprised. Yeah, they'll go, they'll hit that square. Could could Walter land in there? Again, he's another option of puckouts as well. Um, and I still maybe Kilkenny could utilize him more even off puckout because of his height. It's something I think Kilkenny probably never have got enough of 
off Walter Welsh over the last 10 years when you look at someone of his height. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come with. Like Again, Mossy, Welsh, Mossy Keown is not supposed to be uh, great and he is a guy who has got Kilkenny a lot of goals over the last couple of seasons. So um, interesting to see what they'll do there. Um, it'll, be, it'll be quite interesting because Kilkenny will keep it. They, they, they won't be at mad tactical, but definitely that's a ploy that they will look at. In midfield, Eddie, like, um, you know, Clare are extremely strong in midfield with, with, uh, with Taylor and Colin Malone. And, you know, you go back to last year, you know, Kenny had legs with Mikey Carey. I even think Connor Brown yeah. is a massive, massive loss for, uh, for Kilkenny. You know, if you throw in Mullen, you know, if, if, if he's not going to start, those, those are three lads that bring energy, they bring legs. Like, who, who potentially could start for Kilkenny in midfield? Um, it's hard to know, but like the one thing with with Conor Fogarty is he gives you serious grafts. He's just a real he's a real scrapper in there. Um, I don't know. You're kind of looking around. I know our own clubman Billy has been tried out there a few times. Could he be in there because he has the wheels maybe to track lads? You know the likes of Fitzgerald and that. But I think all Ireland semi-finals can often be strained matches, right? They're more about making sure you keep it really tight, that you don't let it blow into a wild match. We had that one year with Galway where it just developed into a mad match and, and defending went out the window. And all Ireland semi-finals are so much at stake in that you don't want to lose it as much as you want to go after it. So with this one, I won't be surprised in some ways. I think we've seen Derek once or twice willing to let the opposition take it under 21 kind of engage at the 45 and then make between the two 45s a battle zone. I think that's an area where they know, I think Derek will look at it and say, we cannot, cannot give Clare pockets of space to run into from deep there. So I think he'll happily, maybe early doors, happily retreat a little bit, make sure that the Blanchfields, Corker and all that crew are nice and tight on that 45. Your midfielders are back and your half-forwards are back. And maybe we'll see Kilkenny go with maybe two inside on their own a long way up the fields. Because I, I've spoken of, I think this is a real strength for Clare. And they got to really, uh, I won't say road test it, but they really got to utilise it against Dublin, where Dublin kind of seemed to go man for man. And they carried through with great effect. I think that's an area that Kilkenny will look at and say, right, we don't want this to develop into a match where we have Clare lads marauding up the field, the likes of Fitzgerald, Derek Taylor. Tony Kelly coming off the shoulder or Donald. That's not what Kilkenny wants. So I won't be surprised if you see Kilkenny saying, look, we'll take this into the battle. We'll pick off our scores. We'll try to keep, keep it very tight. A bit like what you said about Galway. I think, and Kilkenny then, if we can punch and pill for an odds, big score here and there. But I definitely think you'll see Kilkenny shut down that middle third and deny clear space and really make that a war zone, which we've seen maybe, you know, Limerick at their pump do. John, if you have to put your head on the chopping block, who's winning? Limer or Clare or Kilkenny? Look, one short thing about Kilkenny, Eddie touching it, all Ireland semi final. You know what you're going to get from Kilkenny. They're going to turn up. And you know what, Bernie? It's the whole traditional thing comes into it, like regards Cork, Kilkenny, Tipperary. Like, you know, if, if Cork were going to play, you know, we are Cork, we've 34 all Ireland's. And the bit of that has to come into it where Kilkenny have gone up saying, you know, we've 36 all Ireland's. Who the F in hell are clear? Like, you know, and I think Kilkenny will turn up, they'll perform, you know what you're going to get. I think what's key for Clare 
they have to bring to the table a Limerick-esque performance to win this match if they're going to get over the line because this is going to be one hell of a battle. I think if Clare can bring a Limerick-esque performance, I, I, I'd give him the nod because I just feel that like Connor Brown, Mikey Carey, if potentially uh, Mullen doesn't take to the field, that's three big lads with an awful lot of energy and awful lot of legs, you know, that, that, are, that are going to be gone out of their, their starting 15. Uh, so, and I just think Clare will have the bit between their teeth and I see, I see them potentially winning this match by the smallest of margins by one or two points. So I'm going to go for Clare. Well, Ned, does the heart rule yes. the head? Ah, uh, the heart, the the heart will always rule that. Um, Mullen is a key one. I just think to the file for TJ. You know, you 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 need him there because he floats so effectively. He tackles really hard. He's a grafter. He's a he's you know he's a serious detail. And we you know we've had good impact off the bench. Walter Parig, Killian, different lads. So you know we have something there. Um, but look, like I said, I put myself into the Clare lads' shoes. They have every bit of motivation that we would love as a group. But the lads will—they'll die in their boots. They—they they won't be found once, and they will want this. If there's a, if there's a team equally hungry, geez, this Kilkenny group have to be hungry. So I'm hoping they'll get through, but I'm I'm quite nervous about. It. And quickly on that one, there was a Dalo Cody interaction one day on the sideline, and I heard it afterwards, and it was all they were growling at each other, the two of them having a right powwow, and ah. Uh, F back to Claire or Dilo says to Cody, oh, why don't you go in and play yourself and all this kind of crack? And now you F back to Claire, he says, I was I was winning all Ireland's when you were in your nappies. What would you know about it? <laughs> it's one thing we're probably missing is those type of characters, but um, geez, I wouldn't like to be there if it was coming together of Lowe and Derek on Sunday as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a sideline mic now would make it very, 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 very interesting. Um, but but, but uh, Lone, Lone, like, I've kept an eye on Lowe over the course of the champs, you know, up from the country, he's doing a bit of radio. Lads, he's, he's, he's buzzing. He's, he's, he's looking at me. I'm telling you, like, he's just, you know, the, the, the moment of the watch, but like, like, you know, have him in your dressing room. Like, like look, look at the, you know, even even Sheffield in the dressing room, like you know, you, we haven't even touched on Sheffield, like lads, yeah. lads. Like people say to me, "Oh, Jesus, you know, it, it's a free shot for for uh, for Galway the week, Galway the weekend." That's absolutely that's that's bananas. Like you you played with Sheffield, and to see Sheffield lads, I watched them, studied them the last two years. You know, you see him like he's just a natural born winner. You know, you even see the disappointment on his face after he loses the match. Plays every ball on the sideline. If you're a Galway player and you're seeing that natural disappointment, like the natural disappointment from Henry after losing to his own county, and you're seeing that and you're seeing that kind of, you know, obviously aggression or that passion on the line, that's going to drive you on even more. And I think that's what players have in their favour as well. And to be fair, all the, all the other managers, Derek Ling and, and Kylie, we have passionate men on the line and, and it's fantastic to see. I think Lone is like an old Alsatian, isn't he? He's patrolling and he's eyeing up things. I'd say the linesmen are going, please don't make eye contact. Please don't make eye contact. <laughs> but, and, and that's what you love. That's Brian Lone, the absolute warrior. And he was the same when he was playing. You know, you could hear him breathing behind you. He mightn't say a whole lot, but if he was on your shoulder breathing, you'd be like, oh, good nice. what's going to happen? You know, he's that. He's just an absolute war dog. And I think, like you said, if you're a player, that's the manager you want to play for. Oh Jesus, Eddie! Jesus, like some of these, some of these clear players weren't even born when no one was playing. Like Jesus, I mean to have 
You had <laughs> Brian Lowe, you could be Malcolm Frank Lone, and then you'd have to go past Brian Lone. Oh, Jesus. What a. Well, we're going to have four managers prowling the sideline at the weekend. It should be two belters in semi finals. It's uh, Limerick, Clare, All Ireland final for John. Limerick, Kilkenny, uh, All Ireland final for Eddie. That's it for this week's show. My thanks to Eddie Brennan and John Milan for joining me. We'll be back next Monday uh, to review all the action. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.